Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am LJ LaFura. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam, and we are a Belly Up Sports podcast. We are what they aren't. We're here vibing with you because you're vibing with us. Brandon, how you doing? LJ, doing good. Um, crazy day before deadline day. You know, we kind of expected to have a day like this, uh, either, you know, Sunday or, or excuse me, either Monday or Tuesday, um, just because the trade market had been so slow and we didn't really know what the word was on a bunch of guys heading into today. But, um, yeah, we have a lot to talk about. There's stuff that we just don't have time to get to today. Um, but some really big moves um, and a lot involving both the Yankees and Red Sox. Um, so I know we do end up talking a lot about them usually on here, but today it's actually warranted. So, yeah, very excited. Yeah, more teams need to do things like – Earn, earn your time on here. Earn your time on MLB Daily. We try to do fair and balanced coverage, but half the time, y'all don't deserve it. I'm looking at you, Miami. Oakland. <laughs> Oakland does enough to get on this show plenty. Washington, on the other hand. Minnesota, do something. Minnesota, why, 
we need like a Minnesota Appreciation Week next week. Who says no? Yeah. Hey, I mean, I'm down. I mean, because I feel like I, feel like I genuinely team... feel like we haven't talked about the Minnesota Twins at all, and they've been um, leading that division. Well, there was like a oh, week yeah. stretch where we talked about them every day when Royce Lewis was was playing. Yes, um, that is true. It, however, and playing I, well. If I had to guess, out of every team, the one we mentioned the least on here, I feel like Colorado this year. We just—I mean, they've been we very had a whole forgettable. Rant about Nolan Arenado's contract, like two days ago. Yeah, but I'm talking like specifically <laughs> this this Rockies team. Um, yeah, it's rough. Season for them to forget. For Connor sure. Joe's got to get his back on. On that note, let's talk about Colorado real quick because Chris Bryant's back on the IL. Yep. Um, I mean, the dude is a genius, LJ. He signs this huge contract and um, he's doing his best Jacoby Ellsbury impression early on. This man's going to turn somehow turn into the most forgettable Colorado Rocky of all time. Yet the most, yet the highest paid Colorado yes. Rockies ever, and this is also the Colorado Rockies, the team that w- we very well may have talked the least about on this show, and he's the least memorable one. Like there, there's plenty of unmemorable Rockies in the history of the franchise, which isn't that long. Also, um, it shouldn't be like this. No, um, should also mention Julio Rodriguez to the IL um, and the Mariners have so many outfielders out that they had to recall Jared Kalanick um, yesterday. That's how wait. you know they're kind of I can't of wait des- for the big news to drop on uh, right tomorrow, right before deadline. Seattle Mariners trade for Joe Adele, so both of the disappointments can be on the same, in the same outfield. Well, the Mariners, as of right now, um, are down Dylan Moore, Mitch Haniger, Julio Rodriguez, and Taylor Trammell. Um, all four of them outfielders. So, yeah. Also, they just got Travis Jankowski off of waivers from the Mets. Um, makes sense because the Mets traded for Tyler Naquin the other day. He's a way better player than Jankowski. So, yeah, nice to see Seattle pick him up. But um, other than that, I think it is time that we get into some of the moves that happened today. Um, Um, Where do we want to start? I think at the top that, LJ, honestly, if we just go in the order that I put put that list, what do you think? Is that fine? Um, I'm fine with either that or to do it geographically. You know, let's I'm just kind of let's just start with this first one, and then if you want to do geographically after that, we can. Okay. Well, the this was the first trade that broke today, um, which is why I put it first. Um, quite the blockbuster. The the Milwaukee Brewers have traded their all star closer. Um, to the Padres in exchange for a lot. 
So Josh Hader heading to the Padres for Taylor Rogers. So the Padres' own closer. Denilson Lamette, who has, excuse me, pitched in limited games this year. And in the time we saw him last year, really didn't look that bad. Um, oh, I would say he looked more than not bad. However, he's a sneaky 29 years old now. He is creeping up there. But the, I guess the main, the other two main parts here, pitching prospect Robert Gasser and outfield prospect Estiuri Ruiz, who has been playing on the major league roster for the Padres um, a little bit uh, as of late. So, you know, huge gift for the Padres. I do think it's surprising to see that the Brewers did move their closer, even though they have a three-game lead in the NL Central. But you're getting back um, a closer in Taylor Rogers, who, you know, I, I, I don't really see the problem with him this year. Um, you never see the problem with Taylor Rogers. Well, uh, I don't know really what is wrong with him when you're talking of 2.35 FIP, uh, a home runs per nine that is drastically lower than any other year of his career, uh, a hits per nine that's drastically lower than any of his last two seasons, um, and just a guy that doesn't really allow base runners and can finish ball games. I think that the what the Padres did to get Josh Hader, they overpaid significantly, which tells me that they must be extending him or signing him when he becomes a free agent next year, or else they just had a massive overpay when they essentially had a little bit less of that production in the same position. Yeah. Here's my take on it. I'll keep it nice and brief so we can keep breezing through as many trades tonight as possible. Um, yeah, this is a long-term play to keep Josh Hader. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, they will probably end up winning this trade because, you know, for the 424 ERA, we all can agree, is not indicative of Josh Hader. I don't know what that month was, but that it, is... It, it was really one game against the Giants that, yeah. just, that just broke him. It was just, it, it, it was a tough couple of weeks even too. So between that, that game and all of that, he is much better than this. I even, I struggle to say, I can't bring myself to say that he's not the best closer in the game right now. Like I know statistically it's proven other places and there's other guys that are definitely, they haven't done anything not to deserve it, but I still look at him and I see stuff greater than anybody else and so you know if they do extend him it's going to be i think it will end up being money worth what money well spent as for taylor rogers nothing wrong with taylor rogers that's the key he's just not josh Hader. now we get into the my real critical part of this you gave up a lot for josh Hader. you can't give up there's no team out there that can sustain two major trades in the same trade deadline. Like the the Padres can't go out and give 
similar amount of stuff, similar quality players to another team for somebody else. They'll be ruined for like the next four years. Am I wrong? No, like I, I totally get what you mean. They saw that, Hey, this, this, this Josh Hader deal is probably, you know, our best shot of acquiring someone big at the deadline. Um, clear, clearly they're out on Soto. Yeah, um, that, that's what that's what I was about to bring up is the fact that you can't do this and Soto. If you can't do this and Soto, then I don't see this as being the best opportunity and the best way to keep yourself in competition. This isn't the way to compete with the Dodgers swapping out your closer and getting a little thinner. If you're going to get thinner and you're going to have to give up major stuff, I'm willing to go give away a higher rated prospect. Really, any of the guys that were in the Soto conversation, willing to give them up if that means I keep Taylor Rogers on this team. Because I've been saying it, I've said it a bunch. Every single time the Padres have gone up against a good team this year, it always feels like the games are being lost late, not in the not in the ninth. They're not being blown by Taylor Rogers, but it's these other guys up front. They needed another dog in that setup role. This isn't any disrespect towards Luis Garcia, Nabil Krismat, Nick Martinez, any of these guys. It's just they're not the elite setup guys. They aren't the experienced setup guys. If you could get a closer or an experienced setup guy in the door, all of a sudden you look a lot better. You needed to add to that bullpen, not swap. And that's what they did here. So I would have been more willing to even greatly over more greatly overpay to get Hater in there if Rogers didn't come out because this just it doesn't have the same impact as it definitely could have if you went the extra mile. And uh, one last thing, specifically regarding the Brewers here, um, I know we didn't have this trade to talk about, but should know that the Brewers, so not only do they get Taylor Rogers, they go out, um, really it was like an hour ago, and they get Matt Bush from the Texas Rangers in a trade. Um and he's another bullpen arm uh, guy that's been having a really good year and actually a fascinating story. The number one pick uh, all the way back in the 2004 draft and didn't even make his MLB debut until a few years ago. Super interesting story. When you have time, go look that up. But yeah, um, overall for the Brewers, now you're looking at a bullpen of Devin Williams, Taylor Rogers. Brad Boxberger is probably your top three, um, which, I mean, that's that's a pretty solid top three. You throw in a guy like Tay, um, excuse me, like Matt Bush um, as your as kind of your, your fourth guy. Um, Freddie Peralta will be back um, very soon. I saw he scheduled the pitch this week, first time since May. So the Brewers are getting healthy at the right time. They're making the right moves. Let's just see whether or not it's going to bite them for trading Josh Hader while leading the NL Central. Yeah, and interestingly enough, too, they got some uh, project guys in here, too. Jake McGee, I didn't realize, 
got brought into this roster last month. If he can turn his season around, that could be another really nice add for the Brewers. Um, but yeah, um, I think that's pretty well settled. Where are we moving now? How about Boston? Sure, yeah, LJ. Like one degree higher than Detroit. So um, the Red Sox made some trades. They did some things. Let's start with the elephant in the room. The Red Sox send veteran catcher Christian Vasquez to the Houston Astros. I do not have the return pulled up. Hold on. It uh, is Emmanuel Valdez and Willier Abreu, the Astros number 28 and number 29 prospects in their organization. Um, Brandon, what are your thoughts on it? Why don't you go first? I mean, as a, as a Yankees fan, I, it, it doesn't make me happy that our rival's biggest need just got filled by one of our other rivals um, for basically nothing. But I feel bad for Red Sox fans because it just seems like Christian Vasquez, at least to you know Red Sox fans, was a guy that they love supporting, um, really love this city. And to me, it's just the most stereotypical Red Sox-looking player ever. You got the scruffy facial hair, you know, like Dyer, I shouldn't say scruffy, but just the wild facial hair, um, you know, just, just his, his personality. Um, and a guy that I, I feel like this, the stats don't really show exactly how valuable he, he really was to this team. Um, especially, during that World Series run where I know he did not hit well at all that year, um, but just still a guy that's been a part of this team um, through a lot. Yeah, let me start by at least defending one thing, and this is the only thing I will or can defend about this current front office. I don't want to start talking about them giving him up for nothing because rankings are very arbitrary. Yeah. The one thing it feels like they have done well here is consistently being able to find value and being able to get their type of guy in these types of trades. Overall, I would say the majority of these prospects have at least looked decent or looked better than expected coming out of it. I mean, the Hunter Renfro trade, um, it gets ripped a lot, but last I checked the guy and I'm blanking on his name. It's terrible. The main piece of that deal was lighting up double A. So, mm. you know, it, at the end of the day, I'm not ready to give up on the fact that these are all bad trades, but that certainly doesn't look that good. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's winter time. 
when temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. The bigger issue, and I was thinking about this a lot during the, uh, while I was at work, and I just have to triple check, yes, by the end of the season, at, at the end of the season, going into next season, Matt Barnes will be the longest tenured Red Sox. I just, I, I want to. He has been play. there for a while, though. Like, it's yeah, not like. Drafted in 2011. But yeah. So it's not like they, he's, he's brand new, you know? Yes, but he's also not going to be on the team. Let's be realistic. We're more talking about Devers in 2013 and him not coming up until mm. late 2017. Um, so. I'm sure I'm trying to find the best way to keep it short, keep it brief and not just completely ramble here. You know, this is just a crazy way that this franchise, this organization has fallen to the point where they just don't care anymore. What organization in general, let alone a big market team that can afford their players, have you ever seen that, doesn't care about the little things, the important things, the clubhouse, the chemistry, all of that. Brandon, we are looking at a situation where come November 1st, 2nd, whenever the season ends, the three guys that are the, that are the leadership core of this team, I feel are definitively gone and probably gone forever. They just decided that they aren't willing to bring back Christian Vasquez, a guy who took a team-friendly deal to stay this long. They've pretty much already tipped their hand that unless he's willing to take another pay cut, they're not willing to bring Xander Bogarts back, this team's captain, and another guy who took a team-friendly deal and gives his heart for this group. And J.D. Martinez Martinez basically – probably one of the more valuable coaches on the team right now, but also a leader in that group will be gone by two o'clock tomorrow, tomorrow. So I just don't understand how you can just let all of your experience, all of your leadership walk out the door and you just think that's okay. I mean, for those of you who don't quite grasp it, this is the same as letting these guys go is the same as Kansas city letting Salvi walk or, Brandon Crawford and Brandon Belt leaving San Francisco. Like these are the guys that are the anchor, the staples of your team. All teams need these guys. Like this is the stability and they just, they don't care. They don't care about, about that from the fan base perspective. They don't care about it for the team's perspective. And you can't tell me that having those things doesn't contribute to consistent winning and consistent winning mentality. And it should be noted that this isn't like the way the Cubs dismantled their franchise because the Cubs were open about it and were like, hey, we're going to 
you know, we're bad now. Let's get what we can for all these guys on these expiring contracts. The Red Sox, it's like you're losing your veterans and your stars, and they still have, like, time left on their deal. You know what I mean? Like Xander Bogarts technically still under contract after this season, but he's going to opt out and who knows um, how good of an offer the Red Sox are going to be able to make to him. If it's, you know, whether or not he's, he's going to stay. Um, we saw in the past, the Red Sox ownership. And I, I, I hate to say they picked Chris sale over Mookie Betts. Cause obviously there's a lot. No, did. There, but still like, like you have brought up to me multiple times. Betts never fully indicated that he wanted to stay, but the Red Sox also didn't make a good enough offer for him to want to stay. Exactly. And these are all completely different scenarios, except for JD, but JD, again, that's a different case too. I'm fully for JD leaving just because I respect the guy too much to not give him the opportunity while he still has it. Would you say it's fair to say he has two more seasons to be a crucial part of a World Series team? I think you could say more than that when you look at someone like uh, Nelson Cruz, who as well, a I wouldn't DH, say that he, if the Rays won, I would not say he was a crucial part of that team. No, but it's a, it's certainly a scary bat that I if I heard that my team, I mean, well, probably not the Yankees now, but you know, if I heard a team traded for Nelson Cruz, I would still, that's, that's still something that is, you know, a little eye popping to me. Yeah, of course, JD Martinez um, could, could be a crucial part. Um, One weird thing with him, I don't know where the home run power has gone this year. It might've just turned into all doubles, which I'm not, I'm not against. Um, It's a, it's a, it's a brand decision. But just drastically lower homer and RBI numbers this year. Um, lower strikeout numbers, too. He's, he, he is putting the ball in play um, more. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know. He's a, he's a yeah, great contact hitter. He's a great hitter in general, LJ. You're, you're right. He, has, he can be an impact player on, on a playoff team for sure. I think it is mostly a brand decision because, I mean, you've got the initials. You might as well just become just doubles Martinez. Um, <laughs> just just doubles and dingers. Just doubles and dingers, David. JDD. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, this is just, and furthermore, this is very different than the way that this ownership has worked in the past. You know, this this stuff, this wasn't the way that this same ownership group treated the last batch of stars. This isn't how they treated Petey. This isn't how they treated Poppy. Like, I don't see any, I don't see much difference between them and Xander or them and Rafi. And it just, it breaks your heart too, because I feel like with the Cubs, not all of them, but a lot of them, you could tell were kind of, you know, they'd said their piece with Chicago. They were ready to move on. Javi Baez certainly didn't seem all that like, gung-ho to stay and the same thing with chris bryant too you know he he'd he'd filled his legacy and achieved everything he needed to or wanted to with the cubs it was time for him to go get his bag but you then watch the interview brandon i'm not sure if you've seen it the interview with um 
that Vasquez did when everybody flocked Mm. to him after the trade. Absolutely heartbreaking to watch this guy's world just crumble down. And I'd like to actually have a conversation about the whole trade process in American sports um, once the deadline's gone in those days after that, because I think, you know, that's really, it's tough to watch this type of thing because you can just tell, you know, especially watching him every day, Christian Vasquez was very happy in Boston. He would have been very comfortable driving shirtless to Fenway Park every day for the rest of his career. That's that's a reference I assume Brandon would laugh at because he used to be obsessed uh, with his Instagram Um, lives where he literally just, it's it's almost a daily occurrence for him where he'll just be bumping to music in his car without a shirt on. I'm assuming going to games half the time. Yeah, just... On Instagram Live while he's driving, um, bumping Hispanic music. Just a vibe. Hey, we're we're vibing with you because he's vibing with us. Right? Right? Like, yeah, exactly. Just straight facts. Well, we better touch on the other two moves that the uh, Red Sox made today real quick. Um, they grabbed Tommy Pham from the uh, Reds in one of the most confusing like just absolutely bizarre reporting cases I've ever seen. Um, so basically the reports started coming out that Tommy Pham was being traded, except no one had been able to figure out who he was being traded to. They just knew he was leaving Cincinnati. So all of a sudden everyone's reporting that he will be traded to an unknown team. Brandon, this has to be the first team to be named later trade I've ever seen, right? Yeah, never seen this before. Um, and if anything, this just shows why sports reporting now is kind of a joke that it's like, okay, we just want to get information out as quick as possible. We don't care if it's 5% complete, we're just going to throw it out there and we'll just constantly update it, you know, um, but you know, that's just how it is now with the 24 seven news cycle, LJ, not only was it a team to be named later, but then I was joking in our fantasy football group chat, and I said, wouldn't it be something if it was for a player to be named later? And uh, I hit it right on the head. It was for a player to be named later. So we didn't know what team he was going to or what they were getting in return, but we knew Tommy Pham was, was heading somewhere for something. Yeah, it's... Uh... It's interesting, and you talk about fantasy football. Um, assuming he, in the hypothetical scenario where he picks up his mutual option for next season and gets paid seven point five million by the Red Sox, um, if they did this as just a rental, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Let's start there. Like, yeah, there's no reason to to be doing a rental if you're the Red Sox at this point. <laughs> Yeah, like why? And so all of a sudden, yeah, they've got they've got to either re-sign him or talk him into the mutual option. But if they do, we've got one of the most toxic players in baseball right now coming into a team that is now going to be devoid of leadership. Just spells disaster to me. So, but overall, no, I'm just probably really just salty that my personal pick for where I wanted the team to be later named later didn't actually come up. Could you imagine if you went to San Francisco? Yeah, that would have been him and Jock in the same outfield. Yikes. 
Yikes. Yeah, well, I think that's going to be what Tommy Pham's career at, with the Reds is going to go down as is. It's entirely defined by that. Most most remembered for the slap. Um, and now, if I believe this will be Tommy Pham's fifth team, right? This will this will be his fifth team? Tampa, St. Louis, San Diego, Cincy, and Boston. Yeah, wow. This will also be his third team this season. He was a he was a post lockout. He was a spring training. Move okay, that's right. He was a spring San Diego training. to Cincinnati, and now moving to Boston. And. Yeah, I mean, he's been a part of some some big trades, I think, right? Yeah, he was a yeah. part of the Jake Cronenworth to the Padres trade. Um, that that might be a trade that that the Royal or that the Rays lost, actually. Um, maybe. So yeah, LJ, take us through that that last move the Red Sox made as well. Yeah, the Red Sox. Honestly, this is my favorite move of the day. Absolutely fleeced. The Chicago White Sox, they receive backup catcher Reese McGuire in exchange and and a player to be named later in exchange for Jake Diekman. Look, I'm not going to lie. I would have given at least one player to be named later to be rid of Jake Diekman. And we managed to get two. So ultimately, and then I was trying to I was trying to figure out the math earlier on it all. I believe they wind up yeah because they received two players from they received two players from the Astros and only gave never mind I can't figure out this math it's too late I've worked too much well what I'll tell you about Reese McGuire um he can't hit really at all but his fielding is excellent which gives him a positive value well that's um, that's okay because that's why we have the uh catcher with the best walk-up song in the league who's now going to be the starter I, that was one thing that really bugged me and it wasn't just in our fantasy football group chat that people were talking this way i saw it online too people complaining about reese mcguire being the new starting catcher for the red sox like kevin ploiecki didn't exist like, this was just them filling a hole. I don't think this hole needed to be filled because I'd rather see Connor Wong getting the at-bats and just kind of throw him in there and see how it goes as the backup catcher for the rest of the year. Or even, Who is even this like, Ronaldo Hernandez guy that's on your roster? I was going to say, even giving him more of the audition, I believe he came up because of um, – yeah, that was had to have been today. Mm. Um I believe he came up in expectation that Vasquez might have gotten moved. But anyway, even getting him the at-bats at might be worth it because you never know who's going to pop off. But yeah, no, Ploiecki, this is locked on job, which ultimately isn't, isn't a bad thing because so many guys like him. I mean, he's been Evaldi's personal catcher since he got here, almost since he got here. So um, this is definitely a... Uh, fine move on that end the one thing that does confuse me a little bit though looking at reese mcguire is we've now had all these catchers move we still have another major catcher to move and yet we haven't even heard whispers of any 
of the Toronto catchers moving. Like, I'm not asking for Alejandro Kirk to no longer be on the Blue Jays, but you have four major league-capable catchers in your system. There's not enough room for all of these guys. This isn't a situation where this is go- this goes past what Houston had, and we'll talk about Houston in a second here. Um, I feel like that's probably the best transition, right? Um, yeah. To jump over there. They had six starter starting pitchers. They had too much starting pitching, so they decided, all right, we'll just go to a six-man rotation. That, that solved their problem for a while, and we'll get into why that's no longer the situation in a minute. Meanwhile, we have the Blue, Blue Jays. It's the same thing, except that works with having three catchers. Okay, we'll DH one, and we'll have three catchers on the roster. Now you have four. You have four guys there. There's just not enough room. It makes no sense that they're all hanging around this team. I just don't get it, but I digress. Brandon, how are your best friends, the Houston Astros, making out today? Pretty good. Um, not only do they get Christian Vasquez so, so that they don't have to play Martin Maldonado um, at catcher anymore, who, I, you know, I can't lie, LJ and I have been really tough on him. He has gotten better. He is at a 66 weighted runs created plus. And I remember a few weeks ago, we were playing an over under if he could get above 50. So, uh, you know, that's 16% better than a few weeks ago. Still, you know, about 35% worse than the league average hitter. But uh, (laughs) cut him. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Yeah, geez, yeah, in their in their dreams. Um, I'm just going help. for his head at this point. But the Astros end up going out and making a three-team trade. Um, honestly, just the weirdest three-team trade. The the Avengers aligning here. The Orioles, Astros, and Rays. Just having to picture those three teams on the phone together is straight comedy three completely different approaches to how they build their franchises how they manage their assets all that kind of stuff and trey mancini is going from the orioles to the astros that is the biggest part of the trade the second part is that jose siri uh, Astros outfielder will be heading to Tampa 
And I don't think I've liked a fit better in my life than Jose Siri on the Tampa Bay Rays. If that doesn't make sense, then I don't know what does. Um, and then to finish the trade, I there's some prospects going, I want to say to like all three teams, maybe. Um, uh, I don't believe Houston's receiving any. Okay. No, Houston is receiving. So the Rays get Seth John or the Rays send Seth Johnson to the Orioles and Jaden Murray to Houston. Chase McDermott heads from the Astros to the Orioles to complete the deal. And in order to clear a spot for Jose Siri, Brett Phillips has been DFA'd. Unbelievable. But yeah, the um, I mean, obviously the main part of this deal. Trey Mancini to the Astros. Um, that dude doesn't want to be an Astro. I'll tell you right now. Uh, he wants to be an Orange. I mean, yeah, he just doesn't want to be an Orange. He doesn't want to be an Astro. No, he doesn't want to be no freaking Astro. Um, I'm gonna like lose my mind if he if he goes off against the Yankees in the playoffs. Uh, that would just be be gross i would hate that and is and i like trey mancini how can you not very likable player his story is fantastic but oh this just makes me sick yeah i mean it should make you sick this is probably in my opinion they're winning the deadline right now oh, eh. oh okay well all right, yes. Yeah, I'm going to say All right, because you're, you're wanting to put the Yankees there. Yes. It's not. If anything, I'd be probably closer to uh, – no, I would be closer to the Braves. Never mind. Um, actually, I'd be closer to the Red Sox. They did get rid of Jake Diekman. Yeah. You better be, you better, so you better be buffering here because that – Well, LJ, I'll tell you, Jake, Jake Diekman, I remember that opening oh. series against the Yankees – Jake Diekman came in in the Sunday night game and struck out the side to get the save in a one-run game. He struck out Judge Stanton and Gallo back to back to back. And I was like, damn, the Red Sox really got something here. And all you've done is complain since then about how bad he's been. So, Well, want to know the secret there? I was the nev- never the one celebrating. That whole experience of that save – was terrifying. Brandon, he was all over the place. I have no clue how they managed to strike out. No, yet. I mean, that's like the those, thing that wasn't him. good pitching. It's it's these lefty re- relievers that only throw like a slider in the fastball. And it's just like, dude, what are you doing? Like, it, who like knows? it was just, it was such a hot mess that I'm like, this, this is could, this is going to go awful. Like, and I mean, it clearly did if you've got five wins as a reliever. Um, it should be noted, though, just jumping back to Houston real quick, they were in the market for Josh Bell and Wilson Contreras, um, and they opt for Christian Vasquez and Trey Mancini well, for at the end presumably of the day, a lot cheaper of a price. Yes, and more so in my head, particularly Vasquez. How much more of a step down is it? 
I think it's 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 a step it's a step down, but it's not like you're not a flight of stairs below. And you already have enough, you know, there on your team that adding Wilson Contreras, like yeah, it's not going to hurt, but you already have enough offense as it is. Um, and you're getting Michael Brantley back at some point, right? Like, I'd have to imagine. Um, yeah, that's that's exactly what I'm thinking is, like, they don't need to break the bank on this. I mean, at the end of the day. They're a very deep team. Very, very yes. deep team. They didn't need to go out and get, particularly the catcher situation. I'm very strong on the fact that, you know, Vasquez, he's not Contreras. He's, he's a couple steps down from Contreras but he's two flights above what they had. Mm. So you definitely are getting a positive there without having to pay the price for going all in on it. The Trey Mancini is, you know, the numbers underrate him a little bit too, especially being particularly the power numbers, the home runs, being in a spot where they intentionally decided, all right, seeing we can't hit home runs, no one's hitting home runs here at Camden. So you know, this guy's probably a little too underrated compared to the rest of the first baseman in the market. So I kind of put them all, I put them both up on that line. I put him on the same spot as Josh Bell or close to the same spot where I'd be happy with getting either of them. The one thing I will say here and ask you, do you, do we feel comfortable with this outfield now? I mean, I, I feel like Jose Siri shouldn't feel like this big a loss, but all of a sudden I look at no, it is their okay, other options, and it's this is very unideal. Jose Siri was starting in the World Series multiple yeah. games, multiple games. Jose Siri was starting in the World Series. Um, it's a big loss. It's it's not like that he was a nobody. Um, that was a major league caliber player who was young. Um, like, I mean, it's not like Trey Mancini was, was going to be cheap. You know, the Orioles no. had, certainly had a reasonable asking price. I'm just um, not sure it was necessarily worthwhile because it's, it's definitely not a fully lateral move, but it almost, it gets closer into that lateral territory where you really just swapped having first base issues for having outfield issues. But he can also play there as well. So that doesn't make it as – that makes it a little better. Well, LJ, should we jump to the Yankees and then we'll finish up with that big contract extension? Yes. Um, no, um, your call because we can transition very easily into the Braves right now. No, actually, yeah, let's, let's go to the Braves. Um, let's start with the Braves and let's start with the last of Houston's trades of the day. And that was sending Jake Odorizzi to Atlanta in exchange for Will Smith. This is, I don't know, I, I like this deal a lot. You know, I think when we were both freaking out about the fact of why on earth would Houston be looking to change anything for, about their starting rotation, it's terrific. We kind of, I think, both forgot that in the playoffs, you don't need more than four guys. And this team had six very capable starters on their team that they didn't want to be getting rid of. Somebody had to go. 
and Jake Odorizzi has the least potential out of all of them. So he was definitely going to be on the chopping block. It makes too much sense not to have shipped him out for something. And then in exchange, you get Will Smith, who, you know, he will end up being the only lefty in this bullpen right now. And probably long-term, I think, you know, he's had a struggling season, but the change could definitely help him being able to get into a new environment when you're, when you're struggling and you're rolling the dice again to see if you do well. And another thing I had pitched, Uncle Elge sent me a tweet that very much suggested, this is a guy who's pitched his entire major league career in the National League. All of a sudden, you're going to be switching over to the American League, which doesn't have different rules, but has a lot of players that have stayed around the same teams, especially because of, of having the DH only there for so long. That changed a lot of things. So you basically get a, he gets a full new player pool to pick from that he's never really touched in his career to pitch to. So that could also help him having a lot of guys who haven't seen him before. The Braves also go out and they trade for Robbie Grossman um, from the Probably Tigers. The most disgusting deal of the day. Yeah. Meaningless move. He's been, I think, the worst player in terms of F war this season because um, he literally can't play the field. It's, it's so bad. But with that being said, this is a switch hitting outfielder who has seen offensive success in the past. Who's 33. If he can turn it on for half a season, this is a great add to their bench. Yeah, I mean, I trust Alex Anthopoulos over many, so. Especially with finding outfielders. Yeah, clearly found some, something there. Um, but the biggest move that the uh, Braves make is they extend Austin Riley 10 years uh believe it's 220 or 212 million 200 and something million it's 212 million sorry 212 million um you know this is kind of the Braves model and it's to buy out these arbitration years these long contract extensions where you know, at, at most, it's only like $21, $22 million AAV, but you have most of your core locked up for a long time. You're talking Acuna through 2026, and you have club options in 27 and 28, and that's 17 mil per year for all those years. You have Ozzy Albies through 2025. And he has 2026 and 2027 club options. Um, and that's $7 million each. So that's $24 million a year for both Ronald Acuna and Ozzy Alves. Uh, pretty good there. Uh, you extended Matt Olson on a very team-friendly contract. The fact that he's only making 21 mil a year for the next seven years with a club option in 2030 uh, is very, very nice. And now you go and you extend Austin Riley 10 years, uh, 212 million, 2033 club option. 
barring any major injury, they have a they have the best core four in the league for the next five or six years with Acuna, Olsen, Riley, and Albies. And it sucks having to leave Dansby out of there. But if you want to make like a fantastic five. Well, think- and the other thing is too, it's not that hard having all those guys on team friendly deals right now. It, it won't be that hard as long as they're willing to spend, as long as they're not named the Boston Red Sox or the Oakland Athletics and want to spend money. They can go out and give Dansby what he deserves this offseason. Like, he's gonna, yes, he's going to be the only one getting paid there, but you're going to have all five. It's very reasonable to get, get him back, more reasonable than most teams. Also, it does make a lot of sense for why they'd want to go after Oda Rizzi. Um, the rotation – well, been very good. The innings are definitely starting to stack up. Um, Ian Anderson has been struggling actually quite a bit as of late, unfortunately, for our guy. Um, the walks are just a really big issue. Been having major control problems. Um, for sure, his worst season of his young career. But, um, you know, this happens. You know, uh, he, he's still young. A lot of these young pitchers, you come into the league um, and you look really good your first few years. And then, you know, they start to figure you out a little bit. And so much of it is being able to change what you do um, on the mound. But LJ, is it time we wrap up with what the New York Yankees did? Yeah. All right. Well, the New York Yankees go out and acquire three pitchers today, two from Oakland, one from Chicago. Let's start with uh, the one from Chicago, and that is Scott F. Ross from the Cubs. Whoa, 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 whoa. What do you have against him? Sorry? What do you have against him? Nothing. Why? And why are you saying fuck him? I'm not. Scott F. Ross. Whoa. Easy, Am I missing Brandon. something? Brandon, we, we we need to have we need to add this to a uh, list of movies you need to watch. Ted two. Yeah, Scott I've not seen the Ted. I don't. No I way. In the Ted's here, I know Mark Mark Wahlberg's in it though. Big Boston guy, so I have to check Those that. Movies out. are classic. We're watching them. Um. Oh. So Scott Efros. In the 44 innings he's pitched for the Cubs this season, as a 28-year-old rookie, he has a 2.66 ERA, 2.19 FIP, uh, and the 11th highest WAR among relievers. Five plus years of team control on him. Opponents are hitting 157 against his slider. And 0.094 against his changeup. Uh, Sidewinder, he th- throws up to 91 miles an hour. Uh, really, really nasty stuff out of him. Super excited for that. And then the Yankees go out and get Frankie Montas and Lou Trevino from the Oakland Athletics um, in exchange for a a solid grab bag of Yankees pitching prospects. Um, let me pull up the. Full. It's a pretty good return. That's it is good. a good return, but let me say, 
and I'll get into this in a minute, us Yankees fans were expecting the damage to be a lot more at this trade deadline than it was. The fact that we didn't have to give up one of Jason Dominguez, Oswald Peraza, Oswaldo Cabrera, or Anthony Volpe here at the trade deadline is absolutely massive for us um, because contrary to like where we were three or four years ago, we can actually develop starting pitching now, um, which makes things a whole lot easier when you have solid prospects to, to trade year after year. Um, but anyways, the, the A's get, Oh yes. LJ, before I go through the, um, can I, can I have some exhibits of you developing starting pitching? Sure. Jordan Montgomery, Luis Severino, Clark Schmidt. Um, Clark Schmidt. JP Sears, who's a part of this deal. Um, Clark Schmidt might actually have to get a sent down, which is going to suck because he did. we have no one else really in the bullpen that has options. He did. Uh, yeah. He'll be back up in a, in, in a minute, but um, it's tough because he has he, he got the three-inning save the other day. It's been a really valuable part of the team, but, you know, when yeah, as I, it's tough when no one has an out as a, a starter, though? I don't know. I just see – I think this is more of – We can develop I pitching, it, more, I should say. What would you say? We can – Develop pitching in general, I should yes. have said. Okay. Not starting. Yeah, because, I mean, there, there's a very different skill set between being able to put together relievers and put together starters. I would actually say that what the Yankees have done, and this isn't trying, this isn't me making it any less of an, a feat. It's just, it's been less to me developing starting pitchers in, like, from scratch as it's been creating something out of something that was not as good like creating a star out of something that isn't as good on the major league level because if we were really if they were creating these starting pitchers really building these guys out as prospects coming up through the system and everything you'd be hearing about a lot more of them you know especially with the the yankees tag wearing that those pinstripes you're gonna get put pretty highly on those you're going to get the tie is going to go to you. You are the runner in this case. The tie goes to the runner on these prospect lists. You'd think you'd see a little bit more of those guys climbing up, but at the same time, you've got situations where Nestor Cortez finds a second life to his career. I mean, I act like he's not 27 years old, but you know, he comes in and really starts putting things together once he gets to the major league level. Jordan Montgomery. This the more recent Jordan Montgomery has really turned a corner over the last couple of years into being quite quite a good starter. And Jamison Tyone, I can't remember if you guys have re-upped him yet, but you've taken a you've taken another Pittsburgh player and turned him into something really quite good. So you know, Frankie Montas could easily surpass what he was doing in Oakland. I think working with this major league pitching pitching staff and the coaches there so that's honestly more that's more intriguing to me especially if I was a player being able to see all that they've done it's kind of like uh Houston North in that regard mm, interesting um well 
the return that Oakland gets for Montas and Lou Trevino quite a bit. Uh, J.P. Sears, who has pitched quite a bit for the Yankees um, in this 2022 season, a little over 20 innings. He is on the move. Uh, Ken Waldichuk, who was a, one of the Yankees' highest regarded pitching prospects, um, was a fifth-round pick uh, in 2019. And his stats in the minors this year for Somerset in A have been really good. His AAA stats were really good. Just a real solid arm who should be ready for the majors next year. Um, and then Luis Medina, who was another very highly regarded Yankees prospect. He's extremely young. Um, or actually, how come? Okay, sorry. MLB trade rumors linked the wrong Luis Medina on baseball reference. Sorry. They linked some Brewers player. Okay. Here we go. Nope, this is – okay, I can't find his baseball this reference. Luis Medina's been good, though. Luis Medina's been good. Luis Medina also, like, there's 12 different minor leaguers that are active named Luis Medina. There we go. I found him. Okay. And don't, and don't forget Luis Medina that played from 1988 to 1991. Yes, of course. Um, Luis Medina in double-A this year in his age 23 season um, – actually just turned 23 in May. So definitely on the younger side, uh, 3.38 ERA in 72 innings, 81 Ks to 40 walks. Um, that's definitely really high on the walk number, but, um, 81 strikeouts. He's got stuff and I'm okay with this just because you look at the, what the Yankees pitching staff, is going to be looking like for the next few years. I mean, LJ, your top three of Cole, Montas, and then either Severino or Cortez for that number three spot, you know, while it's nice to have all these uh, pitching prospects and you obviously want to um, have those guys in the wing ready to come up, I, I don't really see – them getting many innings um, barring injury in the next few, at least next season. Um, you know, I just feel like there's going to be quite a log jam at starting pitcher for the Yankees. No, you're right. Cause if they do things right. And even if you take Frankie Montez off this, if the Yankees do things right, there's only one spot. No, there's not one spot. I forgot about Severino. There really isn't a spot that necessarily can get filled by just a rookie. Like I'm gonna assume they're gonna let Tyone walk. Um, I don't think they're gonna be a mistake, but you don't want him. No, you know, I think I want him, but I something tells me that they'd rather spend it on Ben Intendi than Tyone. That's that's fair. Just a thought. But I would love both. I love them both. You're the Yankees. Go get them both. Um, I, I love it. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you, but let's let's say that they do this bright thing, which is you've put together a decent, a really solid uh, rotation here. Keep them together. 
go out, ex- keep, make sure you get an extension on Montgomery make sure you get an extension on Tyone, maybe wait a little longer on Nestor Cortez, but um, he definitely is at this, at this rate, deserving the extension as well. With that, you've got a full rotation there. You're not going to get those innings. Also, with so many of these guys, they've kind of proven we want, like, the formula for this team is we're going to go and we're going to hopefully be able to find guys that we can either trade for earlier in their careers, trade for in the minors, and build out this rota- this lineup ourselves. I mean, that's that's at least the indica- every indicator that they've had over the last several years. You know, you've got guys that you bring up like Glaber. You've got guys like uh, Andujar, Judge, um, Hicks, all of these guys that they bring up um, themselves and really kind of raise up themselves over the last couple of years. That's their focus in terms of developing from youth. And then they go out and they bring in these major league ready veteran starters and they fix them up. They have these pet projects and they've kind of, that's worked out. I'd like to see them stick with the formula that they've got going. And that means if you do let Tyone walk, you're not going to fill him with one of these guys. You're not going to fill him with Walter Chuck or any of these JP Sears or any of these other guys. You're going to go out and you're going to find the next Tyone that you can either trade or sign who or Clark Clark Schmidt. Um, You're going to go and you're going to find that guy that you don't need to pay a ton, but all of a sudden it's going to be able to come up huge for you a year from now, once you've figured them out. Yeah, I think that, and I, you know, I'm not really joking when I say this would not shock me if like if Clark Schmidt is somehow our five on opening day next year. Um, it can happen, but who knows? Um, Overall, very happy with the Yankees deadline. It might not be over. We know Joey Gallo will not be a New York Yankee by the deadline. He's either getting DFA'd um, or traded away. The fact that a team would want – to trade for a rental Joey Gallo is an absolute shock to me. But, I mean, go Yankees if you can somehow get this guy off your hands and get something in return. Um, yeah, I feel really bad for him. You, you like, watch interviews with Joey Gallo, and he genuinely, genuinely feels bad that he underperformed so badly in New York. Um, it's not like a lot of guys who – you know, they struggle, then media gets on them, and they just stop caring. He still 100% cares about the game, and he cares about the team. He cares, and the media has been on this guy since, like, the first day he walked into the clubhouse. Like, he, I just felt like he's gotten a bad shake from the media um, since the beginning when they were making fun of him for him laying out his uniform on the ground before he, like, gets dressed in it or whatever. Like, just – Ugh, so dumb. Um, so yeah, good, good start from the Yankees. We'll see what else happens. Yeah, I, I would struggle, say that- I struggle to get hyped up about a four-win starter, but um, um, nineteen eighties LJ is is has awakened. Um, 
I'm just trying to see, make sure there's. Oh, other... Frankie Montez. I remember what I wanted to say about him. Um, you look at his career stats against the Astros. This this could be a guy that could really neutralize the pitching matchups in the series because obviously, I think Verlander um, is going to win AL Cy Young. It's it's really his to lose, and we're going to get into all the awards after the deadline. Um, but Verlander's been unreal. And Framber Valdez is not far behind him in what he's done production-wise. I think adding Montas, a guy that's, you know, certainly seen the Astros quite a bit and has pitched really well against them, uh, I think that that's going to be a huge help for the Yankees, assuming that we do have to meet up with Houston uh, in the playoffs. Just Let's just hope that they haven't seen him too much. In terms of other news, Bryce Harper got the pins taken out of his thumb, so he's mm. going to start ramping up his rehab. As far as the trade deadline goes, the Phillies, Blue Jays, and Braves are all in on Noah Syndergaard, and the Rays have been called by the Yankees, Red Sox, and Phillies regarding Brett Phillips. Any oh. reaction to either of those? Interesting. Uh you know, I think that Noah Syndergaard makes sense to some teams uh, for sure. It's not like he's been tremendously bad for the Angels this year. Um, you know, I, there's he's actually had some starts where I've been quite impressed with his lines. So, yeah, you know, I don't mind Noah Syndergaard. As for Brett Phillips. You were just saying a couple nights ago that you'd have a market. Who, uh, Syndergaard? Syndergaard. Yeah, I mean, it grew all over that. It really made sense. Um, but what I will say is that Brett Phillips, uh, I don't know. He's, I, I love that man, but he just can't hit. He's got to, in, has, you know, the clutch World Series walk off and all that. And we'll, that'll go down in history, but. Yeah, who knows with 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 Brett Phillips. Um, the other trade that we didn't talk about, but I might as well just bring up real quick. The Cardinals got Jose Quintana, who was a name that was certainly going to be out oh, there on for, the market. I can't um, believe we missed that. Yeah, because that does have decent ramifications, just like the Padres do. Because in my eyes, Quintana was what are we going to call him the fourth guy on the market? Yeah, that's fair. Like he, he was not a top He wasn't in the upper tier of starters. So the very fact that St. Louis goes and gets the second tier while the other guys are still very much in play heavily hints towards the fact that the Soto stuff is still very real for this team. It is still my favorite place for him to go. I just, I don't know why. I want to see the Cardinals succeed. So we'll probably, realistically, we'll be back tomorrow night to discuss and break down the Washington and St. Louis trade, right? I mean, LJ, look, you tell me tomorrow, will we, will we, well, if I could talk, Will we be discussing a Juan Soto trade tomorrow or no? 
We will be discussing a Juan Soto trade between the Nationals and the Cardinals, and we will be discussing a J.D. Martinez deal between the Red Sox and the Mets. That's about as far as I can tell you. Okay. Um, Wow. So not only are the Mets going to go for one DH in Daniel Vogelback, but also J.D. Martinez at the same deadline. Brandon, they they were still going out and looking at Trey Mancini. This team makes yeah, no, but at least Trey Mancini can play in the field. J.D. Martinez can play. He's physically capable of playing in the field. Oh, buddy. Look, I, I think I might have Vogel back in the field over J.D. at this point. Look, I wouldn't be talking about this if it weren't for the fact that they were literally there a day and a half ago scouting J.D. Uh, no, yeah. Mets uh, showed up for JD. Also, Vogelback has raked for the Mets since he got there. So, just saying. Interesting, though. LJ, we'll see how those predictions hold up. All right. All right. We'll see you tomorrow. Check us out Instagram, Twitter, TikTok at MLB Daily Pod. We'll see you. See you manana. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.